Welcome to the Southbridge Church Podcast, where our mission is leading people to find and follow Jesus. We're thrilled that you are here, and it's our hope that this message will lead you to find and follow Jesus. Take a Bible if you have one. We're going to go to Matthew chapter number one this evening. Matthew chapter number one. I want to read beginning in verse number 22. The Bible says this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It was 20 years ago tonight. I was driving back from Christmas Eve at my folks' place in Fresno, and I needed to get back to work in beautiful Lancaster, California. I worked at a Rite Aid distribution factory. My shift started at 7 and went for 12 hours, and I would get off at 7 the next morning. So I was driving back, and I was on the 99, and the 99 connects to the 58 over the Tehachapi. I had already ruined my previous car, and that actually is not my fault. Somebody borrowed it, and they put diesel in my car. They said, I did you a solid, Micaiah. I gassed up your car. And you put diesel in it. That's great. Okay. So that car was toast. So I was borrowing my dad's really cool Geo Metro. All right. Just, just an ugly car. Super ugly car. No power. And I was driving up to Hatchapi. And it's one of those cars that even though it's winter, you still want to turn off the air conditioning just to get as much power to get over those hills as possible. And as I was driving over the 58, as we continue to make our ascent, I started to notice the beautiful falling snow. And isn't that just nice on a Christmas Eve, just to see snow? And I was like, oh, God, you're so good. Look at this. I get to have a nice, peaceful Christmas Eve drive as I go to work at this horrible place at this job that I can't stand. But then something started to happen. I started to notice as I would take those turns, not going fast, because the Geometro can't do anything fast, I noticed that the car would start to sway left and right. And I was like, this is not a good sign. And then I started to notice that I was getting closer to some tractor trailer trucks that they were slowing down as the snow began to fall steadily more and more. And then I realized these tractor trailers are pulling off to the side to put chains on their car. And then I thought to myself, my dad, his car is used to Fresno weather. There's no way he has chains for this Geo Metro because I think the chains would cost more than the price of this Geo Metro. So there ain't no way he's got chains in this car. So I was like, young and dumb, let's go for it. And then I just realized that I started to spin out in that snow. The car just didn't weigh enough. So I knew I was going to make it. Maybe I could double back and get on the five and cut over that way. So I started to come back, but I knew that I had to be extra careful coming back down because there was so much snow and ice now that had built up on the road. Anytime I lightly touched the brake, I could just feel the back end just sway. So I tried to keep the car as slow as possible, and I would just kind of feather the brake just a little bit. Where all of a sudden you got a little bit nervous, so your hand is on 10 and 2, and you're leaning forward because now you're getting worried. It's so bad I even turned off the radio. I don't know what turning off the music had to do with my driving ability, but you just, 
I just didn't want any distractions. And as I was going down, I remember I went into a turn and I remember looking at my speedometer because I was going about 37 miles per hour. And as I turned the wheel left, the car went right. And I remember in that moment, just thinking, this is surreal. You ever have those dreams where you're falling and you can't stop? I remember hearing a pop, a sound. And then I just remember waking up, not realizing what had happened. I could taste blood in my mouth and then I could smell talcum powder from the airbag that had just deployed. And I was thinking, oh my goodness. All right, where am I? Am I okay? Everything was disoriented. I had that loud ringing in my head. And luckily, I had one of those indestructible Nokia phones. Remember those things? The car was total, but that Nokia phone was just fine. They need to build cars out of those Nokia phone parts. I grabbed that phone and I tried to dial 911. Nothing. I didn't really know where I was. I didn't know the shape that I was in. I pried open the door, took off my seatbelt, started to feel if everything was okay. It was dark. No call, no signal. So I remember starting to climb up what I had driven off of. And finally, as I scrambled up, I could kind of, as I got closer to where the road was, I could kind of get a call out. So I called 911. Called 911, and I said, I've been on an accident on the 58. And then the lady said, we'll send somebody en route. And I kid you not, this is your 911 operator. She said, stand in the road and flag them down. I said, are you kidding me? I'll be a pancake on that road if I stand in the road. Ain't no way I'm standing in the road and flagging anybody down. I hope they just see a skinny little white guy on the side of the road and think it's not a ghost or something. All of a sudden, I see a CHP officer, and I started just kind of waving. And then he pulled off from the side, and the officer got out of the vehicle. And he took his mag flashlight, and then he shined it on me, and then down into the ravine. And then back to me and then down into the ravine. And then he said, man, God was with you tonight. And then I got offended. I was like, if God is with me, why is my car down there? And why is my body broken and bruised right now? I don't know if God is with me. And maybe that's how you feel tonight. You hear somebody say, Emmanuel, God is with us. And you're like, uh, no, he's not. I don't feel that God is with me. He might be with you, but he's certainly not with me. I didn't have a great Christmas yet. I don't know if there's any presents under the tree. I haven't been having a great time with family and friends. And maybe you can relate to another character in the Old Testament. His name is Joseph. Joseph has a lot of brothers. Eleven of them, in fact. And they didn't like Joseph very much. And they conspired how to get rid of their little brother, Joseph. And in Genesis chapter number 39, we're gonna pick up the story, kind of early on the story. The scriptures tell us that Joseph's brothers had sold him to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites had sold Joseph to the Egyptians. And now we come to Genesis chapter 39, and here's what the word of God says. It says, now Joseph 
had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. Wait, let's... <laughs> let's stop just for a second. Just for a second. All right. Okay. If God is with Joseph, why did he just get bought by an Egyptian if God is with him? I mean, sometimes we look at the scripture and we just maybe read through it. But I look at this and I'm like, God, are you really with Joseph? Because if you were with him, maybe you would have kept him from getting sold into slavery. And here's Joseph, we're picking up the story, and he's now a slave to Potiphar. But the scripture goes on, it says the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Oh, he's a successful slave. I don't know if those two really work together. Can you really be successful in this situation? Let me drive the point closer to home. Maybe you feel like you can't be successful in your situation. But Joseph is a testament that you can thrive anywhere. But that's not the biggest problem I have with this passage. I want to read another verse because the Bible says this. It says, he was successful and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And get this, and his master saw, what's the word? That the Lord was with him. Here's what I want to bring a message tonight. Why is it other people can see what you can't? The Bible says this master, this Egyptian, this person that doesn't know Jehovah God, this person that doesn't know that Joseph is the prince of dreams, that Joseph is going to save the nation of Israel, he doesn't know anything about him. But all that this man, this Potiphar, this guy knows is that God is with Joseph. Can people look at you and say, man, I know your life looks rough and difficult, but man, God is with you. Because you and I kind of think that for God to be with us, everything has to be good. But the truth of Christmas is this. And around Christmas, people ask you, how you doing? You say, I'm all right. Around Christmas, you don't have to pretend to be all right. Because if you were all right, God wouldn't have sent Jesus down if you were all right. But God sent Jesus down because he knew we were not all right. We're not fine. If we were fine, Jesus would have stayed up in heaven. But he knew we needed some help. And so we don't have to pretend to be okay this evening. We could say, God, I need your help. But here's the th first point I would love for you to get tonight. Never let the presence of problems cause you to doubt the presence of God. Because some of you this evening, this Christmas evening, you may be thinking, I don't know if God's with me because I got all these problems. But the reality is we have to come back to what Joseph was beginning to understand. That just because he was a slave, just because he was in a bad situation, God was still with him and God is still with you. And here Joseph is understanding that God is doing something. But I love this. And this is the thing that I hope rings true in your heart this evening. You see, God is doing more than just watching you tonight. God wants to be with you tonight. And some of us, we think that that's good, that God is watching. But I need a God that's with me. And God is saying, I want to be with you. You see, Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. But God is doing more than just watching you this evening. He wants to be with you.
But then I see that the passage goes on because Potiphar had a wife that accused Joseph of a crime and lied about what Joseph had done. So Potiphar has Joseph thrown in prison. So it's, it's bad enough. Joseph's life is bad enough. But his life just kind of gets a little bit worse. I don't know if you ever watched the old TV show of the Little Rascals. There was always Alfalfa. And Alfalfa would go through and he would say, you know what? It's like the clouds parted and God looked down and said, I hate you, Alfalfa. And some of you may feel like you've had that kind of a day. When I had gotten into that car accident, I was just like, this is terrible. Because I didn't tell you the rest of the story, and I'm going to finish it, but here's just some of the snapshot. Yes, I got a concussion. Yes, I totaled my dad's car. And yes, the very next day, I checked my voice message, and I got fired from that job at the Rite Aid Distribution Warehouse because I got in an accident. I was broke. I owed my dad money. I couldn't pay my college bill. It certainly didn't look very cheery on my Christmas day. And here's where we find Joseph. In chapter 39, verse 19, the Bible says that Potiphar threw Joseph in prison. Verse 19 says, so it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. But notice verse 21. I love verse 21. It says this, but the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with him. This Christmas evening, your situation can go from bad to worse. And I want to remind you, God's still with you. He's still there. I wrote this down. There's no place that they can put me where his presence doesn't go with me. There's no place you can go where his presence is not there. The great songwriter David said, Whither shall I go from your presence, Lord? If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning, behold, even there thou art. God is with us this evening. He's with you. And I know your situation may not look like it, but it is. Many people look at the story of Joseph and they say, Joseph is a rags to riches story. Because I'm going to fast forward and I'm going to kind of give you the end. And the, the story of Joseph ends like a Hallmark movie. And every Hallmark movie is the same. The rich lawyer who goes to the country, meets the guy in the plaid shirt and the axe, chopping wood. And they get hitched and she ditches the fiance in the city and they all live happily ever after. Well, that's the story of Joseph. Joseph becomes second in command in Egypt. And Joseph's brothers come back. And Joseph becomes the prime minister of Egypt. And it's kind of an amazing story. Matter of fact, DreamWorks made a movie about it. You can go watch it tonight if you want to. And many of us would say, it's a rags to riches story. No, it's not. Because we forgot the beginning of how the story started. Joseph is not a rags to riches story. It's a riches to rags story. Because he had the coat of many colors. He was in his father's house. His father Jacob, whose name was Israel, the future, the, the one who, who, who through his offspring, the nation of Israel comes through. In that house, Joseph was the favored one. 
So Joseph is not a rags to riches, it's a riches to rags story. Just like another character in the New Testament. You see, Joseph is a picture of the New Testament Jesus. You see, Jesus is not even a cradle to the cross and to the crown story. Jesus left the splendor of heaven, the riches of heaven, and came down to us to be here. Because God saw that there was a situation that he couldn't just send another man to intervene. God saw that he had to get involved. And so God came down and said, I'm going to get involved in this story. And so God came down and said, the only way to be the savior is to be with them. So I've got to become one of them to be with them. And that's Emmanuel. That's Jesus coming to this earth to say, I'm going to be with you. To be there, to experience your pain, to experience the highs and the lows. So God became flesh and dwelt among us and his name is Jesus. And that's the story of Christmas. That Jesus came to this earth not to just be one of us but to also give his life for us. Because he knew there's no way we could take care of all this on our own. And so Jesus gives his life on a tree, the cross. I said it last week, Emmanuel is God with us. Calvary is God for us. And Pentecost is God in us. And maybe this evening you just say, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just feel too distant from God. I don't know if God could ever look past my sin and my guilt and my shame. And I've done too many things that are wrong and, and, and just I'm ashamed of all of it. And I'm here to tell you this evening that God sent Jesus here to take all of that sin. That Jesus came to be with you, but not just to be with you, to be your buddy and your friend, but to tell you that even the worst of situations, he can take it and he can take care of it. Each one of you received an ornament on your way in. And this ornament is blank. And I'm going to invite you to take that ornament out just for a moment and maybe a pen or a Sharpie, whatever you've got, there's pens in the seat back in front of you. And maybe this evening there is some sin in your heart, there's some shame, there's some guilt, there's something that's keeping you from experiencing the great joy of knowing Jesus. And I want you to write it on that ornament tonight. I want you to put it down there because I feel like so many times we know that Jesus is with us, but then we think this, we think we've got to get it all together before he wants to be with us. You ever felt that way? That, oh, I, I get that Jesus wanted to be with me, but I think I got to clean myself up first. Did Jesus ever say that? Did he ever say, hey, once you've got it all together, then we can be together? You may have had an ex say that to you, but Jesus will never say that to you. You may have had a boss say that to you. You may have had a family member say it to you. But Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And when Jesus said, I want to be with you, he's saying, I want to be with you with all the dysfunction, with all the mess, all of it. And for you, maybe you wrote down shame, fear, lust, guilt, inadequacy, insignificance loneliness, anxiety, pain, betrayal. Put it all down on that ornament. Because in just a moment, I'm gonna invite you to come to this tree because on this tree, we did something. 
we put some new ornaments on this tree. And these ornaments say redeemed, blessed, favored, cleansed, chosen, strong. Because I want you to understand something this evening. That God wants you to bring your guilt, your shame, your sin. And he wants you to bring it and put it on the tree. And he wants you to take what he put on the tree. His righteousness. Where you and I fall short, he more than makes up the difference. And he's saying, come, take from me. That's the story. That's why he came to earth on Christmas. So that you and I would say, Lord, I want to take from you what you've offered. I want to take forgiveness for my sin. I want to take your goodness for my guiltiness. I want to take your cleansing. You know, I looked up this week. What is the most expensive Christmas tree ever? And I found out that there was a tree in Abu Dhabi that was worth over $11 million dollars. Incredible. They decorated that tree with necklaces, Rolex watches, bracelets, and diamonds. And the ornaments were see-through crystal with $100 bills inside. They valued the tree at over $11 million in 2010. It's by far the most expensive tree ever. Except they never read the Bible. Because I would dare say the most expensive tree ever was the tree that they carved that awful cross that my Lord and Savior hung on. That tree that Jesus died on was the most expensive tree. Because the scripture tells me, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world but lose his soul? And what would a man give in exchange for his soul? So the most expensive tree is not that tree in Abu Dhabi, that tree that's worth $11 million. The most expensive tree is the tree that Jesus, he put his hands out. His hands are out because his arms are open to you and I. And his arms were nailed open, keeping them open for you and I. He hung there for you and me. That's why Jesus went to the cross. And this Christmas Eve, no matter where you find yourself, you may feel like you're distant from God and God is saying, no, I want Christmas to be all about you and I being close and together. Some of us feel like Christmas is about opening presents under the tree. But let me remind you that the greatest present that God ever gave you hung on a tree, not under a tree. And his name was Jesus. And Jesus is saying tonight, I want to give my life to you as a free gift, but you got to receive it. But let's go back 20 years ago. I was mad, I was irritated, I was in pain. The CHP officer, he pulls up. I'm going to invite the worship team to come to the stage. And then I, I go to get in the front seat of this patrol car. And I go to grab the handle, and the officer said, what you doing? I said, I'm going to sit up by you, sir. And he said, no, I don't want the blood in the front seat. You get in the back. Only time I've ever been in the back seat of a police officer's vehicle. Maybe you've experienced it. I never had to that point. It's very uncomfortable in the back seat of a highway patrol car. Your feet don't get to sit flat. They have to sit at an angle. And I was just more upset now. Cars totaled, 
lost my job. I more than likely have a concussion. I haven't seen myself. I haven't looked in a mirror. I just taste blood. I don't know if my nose is broken. I'm just thinking, man, this is awful. I got to deal with all this mess and I got to figure all this stuff out. And I'm sitting in the back of the car and I hear that CHP officer say, man, God must have been looking out for you. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me tonight? Where was God? And I think the officer could pick up on the fact that I was just upset about the whole thing. And then he hit me with this. He said, you know, you're my second accident tonight. And I said, excuse me, sir. And he said in that moment, he said, yeah, I just came from another accident. There was a fatality in that accident. And he said, your car went 50 feet off a cliff. I thought I was coming to a second fatality. And all of a sudden, my perspective shifted. In that moment, God being with me was not about a bonus. God being with me was not about a new car, was not about me getting a date. It was not about me getting the December to remember Lexus sales event. It had nothing to do with the keys to a house, It had nothing to do with how many Instagram followers, how much is in the bank account. All that mattered when he said that, my friend, was the fact that that could have been me, his second fatality. God was with me. And God is with you. And I think we need to shift our perspective from, God, where where were you? Why weren't you there? And God is saying, oh, dear child, there was a whole lot of areas you don't realize just how much I was there and what I did save you from and how much more that God wants to save you from. But this evening, we've got to say, God, I've carried this for too long. I've carried this guilt and the shame, this brokenness, and I'm ready to give it up so that you can have it. And I'm going to exchange it for something else. I'm going to exchange it. And I'm going to give you my sin and my guilt. You say, what can you give to a king on Christmas? Not gold. Not frankincense. Not myrrh. You can give the king yourself. Say, my life is yours, God. I bring it to you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, can we stand? In just a moment, I'm going to invite you, if you'd like to, to take that ornament and to come to this tree and exchange your ornament for another one. To say, God, I'm not carrying this anymore. God, I'm bringing this to you. But I want something different in return. I want a new life. I want to leave a new legacy. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray for the people that are here this Christmas Eve. I pray that you would help them to realize that your presence is near to them. They may feel that all the problems have blocked your presence, but there is no place where your presence is not already there. 
So in this Christmas, we are reminded that you are Emmanuel, God with us, God for us, and God in us. As the worship team leads us, I'm gonna invite you right now to slip out and exchange your ornament if you'd like to. You may slip out at this time. chapter number two says in the it was in the year that Cyrenius was governor of Syria all went to be taxed everyone to their own town and Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem but Mary was great with child and so it was that while she was there she was going to give birth to a son but there was no room for them in the inn So she gave birth in a stable and there were shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord appeared and said, glad tidings for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord for unto you. That's me. That's you. Our Savior was born. And in that moment, the darkness was scattered by the light. For he is that light. That light that all men can look to. That light that is set upon a hill. And this evening, we don't fight darkness with darkness. We just shine a light. And on this Christmas, hope is alive. Love is alive. Peace is alive. Light has come. Have a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. God bless you. You are dismissed. Thank you so much for being here. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If this message inspired you and helped you, we would love for you to hit like, subscribe, or share it with someone today. Until next time, have a great day.